Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Political Distap Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about men in nursing, specifically Black men in nursing, and I'm thankful to be joined by Mr. Ben. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody listening. I uh, hope today I could say something <laughs> that will, uh, you know, help y'all see some insight into my life and the life of other Black men who are in this field. <laughs> yes. Um, so before I get into the questions, I let the um, guests get their own bio. So talk about, tell us oh, okay. like your name, <laughs> um, pronouns, I mean, what you're studying, where you're gotcha. studying, some of your interests, and yeah, go for it. All right. So my name is Benjamin Dankwa. Um, pronouns are he, him. Uh, I am currently a third year undergraduate studying nursing at York University. Um, my interests are music. <laughs> it's one of my biggest interests. Um, whether it's listening to music, singing, or you know, playing instruments, um, I play piano, bass, drums, and an instrument called the euphonium. So I really like music a lot. Euphonium. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a mini tuba kind of okay. instrument. But yeah, <laughs> learned it in middle school, and I just picked it up, and I really kind of fell in love with it. But yeah, music is like my biggest interest other than that you can definitely find me on twitter <laughs> i'll be on there a lot so yeah that's about it um brampton ambassador ben yes. is brampton ambassador he reps brampton like nobody's business you so, know it like B town B town <laughs> no i got i have to tell you guys like ben is one of the most funniest human beings on twitter like when you know ben and his voice notes oh bad. if you guys don't know scroll go i'll put his twitter obviously in the description box go to his twitter and look at his first voice note when he got voice notes i promise you i sometimes i think i have a bookmark because it was too i gotta pin mark it i gotta it pin was it too funny and this man can do accents like you want him to do a jamaican accent you want him to do <laughs> any <laughs> accent i promise you oh he's too oh, funny yeah so we're going to question period and question period is where i just ask like basic chill questions to have before we go into the main topic of this week's episode so considering that you're brampton's ambassador the first question mm -hmm. is what is your favorite place to grab food in brampton Ooh. that's a really good question well one of my favorite places was um downtown brampton there was this Ghanaian owned restaurant called golden stool but they had they I think just recently moved from that location because um, I believe that downtown they're starting to build a campus or something and so I guess they needed the space or whatever. But um, yeah, Golden Stool was definitely my favorite place. If you're from Brampton, you know about Sunnies. So Sunnies, yeah, everyone knows about Sunnies. So <laughs> that's one. Uh, it's a good place to go to. It's just like late night. Um, but honestly, I don't really eat out too much unless i'm eating like Domino's. other than that i really kind of stick to mom's cooking to be honest <laughs> so you're saying you're a chef in the kitchen that's what you're telling the people yeah i dabble a little bit still i i can you know i could put i could throw down a little bit in the kitchen i can't lie <laughs> we see well i've seen you bake some nice cinnamon buns cinnamon rolls so i know you have yes. expertise <laughs> yes yes i try <laughs> next question is what is your favorite song at the moment since you're a music man, and it could be from any genre, it could be like gospel, R&B, right. rap, and if you just don't have one, you can give us like maybe two. Okay. But... So, um, yeah, I'm big, 
big gospel fan. It's probably what I listen to 95 to 99% of the time. Really? Um, so there's an artist called Dante Bo. He just released an album called Circles. And within that album, there's a song called Keep Going. Um, so that's one song that I really love right now. Um, other than that, uh, a friend of mine actually gave me a song and I just been listening to it like on repeat, just going to sleep. It's called Jesus We Love You by Gregory Bruno. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So those are my two for now, but I mean, it changes every day <laughs> to be honest. Well, I like the different genre because most people say like R and B, so it's good to have some mm-hmm. more gospel. I'm always trying to add more gospel into my playlist because mine are just gotcha. right now like Maverick City, like Hills, yes, that yeah, kind of vibe. Gotcha. I want to like mm-hmm. diversify a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. But next question is, what has been your favorite class you've taken so far, and why? Class, like course. Yeah, course in university mm-hmm. so far. Um. Because even though school is like not sometimes you have to take courses just to take them i feel like there has to be one course you've taken that you're like okay i actually enjoy it or actually like it yeah so for nursing the ones that i really liked were um, like my anatomy and physiology and my pathophysiology classes i really 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 liked those classes because um i had a really good professor and he was just amazing at explaining things other than that i took an indigenous awareness course I've taken two now. I'm doing one right now, and I took one at Seneca. And it's just really opened my eyes, I think, to a community that I never really knew anything about. Mm-hmm. And so I just learned a lot about Canada. Um, and, I'm yeah, I'm not going to get too much <laughs> too deep into that. But uh, basically, I learned a lot about Canada and their culture. And, and when I say culture, I mean, like, the indigenous culture. And I just really appreciated. I feel like it helped me be a bit more culturally aware, culturally sensitive, because that's what I really need to be when I'm in this field. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's very important. I think most people don't understand, like in the education system in elementary school, we're not learn, we're not taught about Indigenous culture that much. So it isn't until you go to university, and even though not everyone takes an Indigenous course, like you've taken one, I know some other people have, but not everyone chooses to take one. And some people don't have the space, but I do think it's something that needs to be more like more people need to be educated about indigenous culture because they are still here they're still in this land and i this um government and the current study has like put them to the side so i think it's kind of also our duty in a way to learn more about their culture and how we can yes. be appropriate allies yes yes perfectly said and i'm surprised you said anatomy because i have a few friends in the sciences and like one of my friends says she hates anatomy yeah it's definitely one of those things where you either you have to like it to like it. Like, if you don't like it, you would definitely hate it because it's not really, it's not necessarily an easy course, but it's just something I like to do. So, I seem to love memorization. Yes, it is a lot. <laughs> I took a kinesiology course in high school, and I remember like we had to like literally have to like some of our tests were literally okay fill in the blanks with like body parts but surprisingly oh, those are the ones i did the best on like i literally <laughs> in my textbook i literally just put sticky notes over it and i went over it multiple times and i did See? the best on those ones but i'm not a science kid science is just <laughs> we've given up on that dream it's just not for me no i give it to you you can do it. i can i'll take the baton <laughs> and then last question of question period is what is the biggest stereotype about being a nurse or studying Ooh. nursing 
that whoo that's a good one um literally is this um don't you guys just like white butts and just clean old people and you know just like walk in nursing homes and not do anything that's one of the biggest stereotypes we get is that all we do is just take care of you know elderly people and you know when they soil themselves or whatever the case is we clean it up that's the biggest one i could think of i think there's more to it i feel like you guys are not studying all these sciences for four years just to be doing that i think there's more oh for sure there there, there is there's (laughs) a lot more that goes into nursing than that i mean and you guys well for my assumption i know nurses are paid well i mean i think you guys get get paid more obviously but nursing is a i feel like nursing is a career that's not respected yeah um because the thing is uh like i was just saying people don't realize how much we actually do so i wasn't gonna go into it because i wasn't sure if the questions later on would relate to this but one of them does one of them okay does. so then maybe i'll just wait and I'll explain <laughs> later, yeah. but um yeah so that's the question period i'm going to the main questions about this topic right. like i said ben is studying nursing at york university and he's yes. a black man so we're gonna have a lot of questions about representation and what it means yes. to be a nurse in the field so the first question is what made you want to study nursing compared to like the other medical jobs like being a doctor and so forth so um i've always always wanted to be in the medical field um as a child like always i didn't know what exactly i wanted to do but i knew i wanted to be in the medical field i watched this movie called gifted hands um which was With ben carson yes exactly i have the book and he signed it for me like a while ago but if you don't know who ben carson is like besides the political stuff he's a very um well-respected neurosurgeon and he performed um this surgery on two twins that were yes. held together at birth and if you minus again political stuff he's a very good person to study in terms of the medical field like very inspiring yes so i watched that movie when i was younger and um of course he had the same like kind of first name as me whatever so i was like oh this guy's kind of cool and he's really smart and i, was, I always kind of liked surgery as well because um I don't know. I've never been scared of blood or any of those things. So it just kind of attracted me. And so I wanted to actually go into surgery. And the thing is, though, <laughs> uh, when I got to high school and all that, and I was just chilling. I mean, I had good grades, of course, because mm-hmm. I'm in nursing now. But I felt that if I wanted to go the medical route, that this would be the best way for me to do it. Also, I feel that nursing kind of um, appeals more to my personality in the sense of caring Mm -hmm. um, because nurses are more bedside and more deeply connected, I guess you can say, to their clients as opposed to um, physicians and not all of them, of course, because there are some physicians who are, you know, really in contact and they really uh, care about their clients deeply. But for us nurses, that is like almost every single one of us, that is what we are meant to do. Really just be there spiritually, emotionally, you know, and physically for our clients. So those three things were things that I felt like, oh, well, this is, this matches me the best. So let me enter this field. And if I want to make the decision to go into medicine later, 
it won't be something you know far off this mm-hmm. is a good way for me to start so the main reason i went into it was basically because i felt like it matched me like perfectly so yeah and one thing I've also like heard about is that nurse practitioners so like if surgery is exactly. still something that you still want to do you it's still something you can do Yes. Um, later on in the field and that's another like side note just for me is that me and my friend she's in biomedical sciences at Ryerson and mm-hmm. she always wanted to be a doctor and just saying that I feel like for the medical field especially growing up you only hear about doctors and nurses but mm-hmm. you don't hear about other other yes fields, exactly like physician's assistant nurse mm-hmm. practitioner um mm-hmm. being like a, a radiologist but being people like um ultrasound text like there's so much yes. that goes into the medical field that's just not doctors so like this is for everyone who's like um i want to be a doctor but i don't know if i can like there are other fields and yes, even exactly. me i had like i had the typical dream like i wanted to be a doctor growing up again i told you sciences are not for me i give it to ben <laughs> but then i'm in like i'm in political science but i'm learning that i can do health policy which is always which is relating to health, but not in the medical field. So just to say, like, there's so many fields in the healthcare industry that are just not typical doctors and nurses. Like, there's so much. And if you do your research, you'll probably find something that fits your personality, fits your lifestyle as best as possible. Very, very true. I love everything you said because (laughs) um, literally um, my goal is to definitely be an MP. Like, no matter what happens, if I don't go into medicine or whatever, I'm definitely just going to get that position and that title for myself um but um like you were saying we have respiratory therapists i mean these are things that even i didn't know until i got into nursing like we have rts we have physiotherapists we have Mm -hmm. occupational therapists in the hospital like you were saying radiologists you know physician assistant nurse practitioner for pediatrics and then you have adult then you have general it's just like it's really nice to see that um, there are a lot of places that you can go within this field, which mm-hmm. is why I think it's so huge. Um, and another thing with nursing actually is the things that you can do with a nursing degree is it's amazing because you can get into almost like any graduate school you want to. There are people who have nursing degrees, but they're lawyers. Um people who have nursing degrees and then like i was saying turn into doctors so it's like you can do this with whatever because sometimes you don't have just one thing you focus on let's say you really love computers you could be in nurse informatics you could do you know basically come fixing or making new programs for nurses to work better in the in the hospitals and clinics so it's just like there's a lot of things you can do with it which is why i really really enjoy it that is so cool. Like the computing you're talking about, like, I feel like healthcare is so interdisciplinary, big word, but there's so much you can do with the medical field. And like, there's just, it's not linear. Like, it's not like, okay, you have to study um, to be a doctor. And a lot of people, when they realize, like, when they start going into the sciences in high school and university, they realize, like, I don't know if I can do this for another four years because medical school is under four years. Residence, in terms of which um, area you're going to, that can be anywhere between three to five years. Mm-hmm. Then you have attending all of that. Like, if you watch grades, you know all about that. But it's a lot, and not everyone is up for that. Not everyone wants to do that. Like, people talk about, like, oh, doctors make a lot of money. That money they're not seeing until mid to late 30s (laughs) earliest and they have a lot of debts they cure a lot of debt and that's only 
if you like that's medical school, but also some of them have undergrad debt. So there's so much more to the medical field then. And we need more people. Like we can't like we yes, we need representation <laughs> as doctors. Exactly. And nurses, Not everyone can be a doctor. Like <laughs> I'm so I want more black people there, but there's other positions that yeah. we need for ourselves because it's, it's not the only field. And that's one of the things that we, I hope this episode kind of teaches you like there's so much more to the medical field than just being a doctor. Yes, exactly. And you kind of touched on it, like what the end goal of nursing is for you, but like what area of nursing do you see yourself doing? All right. So <laughs> like I was saying, I like surgery a lot. So um, I either, well, I really want to be a scrub nurse. That's like Ooh. one of the fields I, or uh, yeah, basically one of the units I want to work on is it, intraoperative um other than that i also like fast-paced things so i would be in emergency most likely um because i just i've been in clinicals with you know rehab stroke Mm -hmm. unit and of course i can do it but i feel like i would feel more comfortable in a more fast-paced environment and so that's why i definitely want to be within one of those two but like i was saying um i want to be an mp so uh just I haven't really decided whether I want to do pediatrics or adult, um, but I just know that I would like to have my own clinic and just have my own clients I could take care of and stuff like that. So, yeah. yes, yeah. I, I see you with pediatrics. I feel like you're good with kids. I see you like <laughs> with um, dealing with children more than adults. <laughs> yeah, I like kids, so <laughs> we'll see. Uh, next question is, um, we kind of touched on it again, but this is your time to kind of expand a little bit, but like the stereotypes of like nursing and more in depth, I think you touched about like how only doctor, only nurses have to do with like the more on like the wiping people's butt and stuff like that. But what about like, I think the mindset of people when they look at nurses, like, oh, nurses are just doctors, assistants or stuff like that. So this is your time to like expand on some of the stereotypes you dealt of nursing, both as the occupation and both as a black man in nursing. Yeah, so as a nurse, we are, like, the client's kind of, like, first line. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a client in, we do assessments, um, we call it a head-to-toe assessment, which covers various systems in the body. So, integumentary, which is your skin system, circulatory system, respiratory system, gastrointestinal system. Um, genital urinary like there's so many different um, systems that we cover and we do this basically I don't want to say very quickly but fairly quickly Mm -hmm. because um, we need to know what's going on kind of right away so the a patient will come in or client sorry we're another this another thing too um, so there's most likely going to be a change in the way that we refer to uh, people who come into the hospital, um, because there's an idea that calling someone a patient, um, it kind of brings forth this idea that like they have to be patient towards you. Mm-hmm. And there's something in nursing that we call paternalism, which is the sense that we think we know everything that's good for the patient. And we're really big on patient uh, client autonomy Mm -hmm. so um see it's still like something fairly new so i'm just trying to change my language when i uh, refer to clients because that's the better way i guess you can say to refer to them but to get back on track um we do so this head to 
toe assessment and then we basically document everything down and the physician anything that they know is most likely from what the nurse has given them so if you make a mistake and you don't record something and let's just say the physician doesn't also um, you know inspect something too deeply because they you know they trust that you're competent enough to do your work um you can really cause some damage i mean if you say you did a full assessment of someone's skin and you didn't and you see when the physician comes there's like big lump on someone's stomach with like dark spots you could tell oh man this person might be bleeding out mm-hmm. internally but i didn't check properly so now you know we have to rush and do an emergency surgery or whatever the case is and so it's all about preventing those things and i feel like what nurses do is um after those head to toe assessments and everything that we do we try and connect with the patient on a really deep level and so there's something that we call a nurse client therapeutic relationship and so that's one where both of us the client and the nurse trust each other um we can speak to each other we don't like the word uh sympathy in nursing mm-hmm. um we like the word empathy so you know it's not oh i i feel so bad for you like that that doesn't really help anyone you know so um it's more about caring about the person genuinely and just seeing what you can do to help and so um i feel like with nursing basically the the main thing with us is really connecting spiritually and mentally as well with the client and that helps to create a better just hopes as well with the idea of people coming to the hospital because a lot of people are scared of the hospital because it's a place where death is but there's also a place where life is in the hospital and so we just want to really kind of focus on um creating a better experience for our um, clients that come to the hospital and that's through so many things like culturally sensitive care advocacy when a patient something is wrong and you know maybe they're scared to say something to uh to the physician that's our job to step in and basically advocate for them because we know that they really need this this is really important to them at this time and so if they're too afraid to say it and we ask if they would like us to advocate for them and we feel comfortable enough they feel comfortable enough we go ahead and do that and so that's how we just really kind of create a more personalized uh, method of care and um like i was saying there's different units that we work on so not everyone will be um doing the same jobs some nurses don't even really work with clients they might have a more administrative role and look at the system as a whole and see oh maybe on this unit there's been five falls in the past two months why is this happening are the nurses burnt out like what do we need to do so that we can reduce these problems in the hospital or in the clinic and basically you know that's the type of things that we focus on as a black male in nursing uh there is not a lot of representation at all um i in my class like my graduating class i think i've seen 
two maybe of us and we're talking about thousands right and i think i've only seen about two other black males and the thing is with it is first of all there's not a lot of male representation in nursing it's a very (laughs) female dominated field but as um we also add color to it it's just another thing where it's like whoa (laughs) yeah we do not see a lot of black men in this field but that is something that you know i'm looking forward to the future that it can change and um basically even in the textbooks we don't get to see a lot of representation with just black people or people of color in general that's Um, true they can describe it. Maybe they'll say, oh, uh, when someone is losing oxygen, maybe they won't turn blue, but they'll turn a bit darker, like purple or something. Okay, that's great. But what does that look like? Because you're showing me pictures of, you know, white people or whatever the case is, lighter skinned people. And within them, I can see what it looks like. So it'd be easy for me to identify that. But when it comes to people of my own color or, you know, darker races or whatever the case is, um, I literally, I can't see what it looks like. So it's like really difficult in that sense because um, you really kind of don't have an assurance that what you're seeing is a specific problem. You're just assuming that it is because maybe it's what you read in a textbook. Um, But that also is something that I believe for the future we will change. Um, But... Yeah, this is literally another reason why I really, sometimes I really don't think that I would go into the medical field as a physician or surgeon or whatever, because um, I think I can I can do work in this field that will make an impact. And uh, it's not that I wouldn't make an impact over there as well, but there are, like I was saying, literally three of us in a graduating class of thousands that I have seen so far. And so um, when I walk on that stage, I'm going to be like one of the people to stand out because how many black males have walked across this stage. And so I'm just really trying to use myself as um, a guide basically for the future generations and be like, Hey man, I don't know what they told you about nursing, but bro, <laughs> I went into this program. I I love it. This is what it is. We need more of you guys. Come and join us. And basically, that's what I'm trying to do. Let's create more black men in the field. Let's push us in the field because, you know, um, especially I'm also African. I'm Ghanaian. So <laughs> there's this thing with Ghanaians that uh, people like to say we're very nice people and you guys are. You guys are very like I'm Nigerian, so compared to Nigerians, Ghanians are very sweet. You know, like I'm not saying that Nigerians are not, but like if you you can, Nigerians are very. How do I say this without insulting my own people? We're like we're loud, and like you will know when a Nigerian is in the room. Like you will not right, know, right. but Ghanians are a little more like you know, simple. You know, to themselves. You know, you guys still yeah. bring. But you guys bring the energy when needed. When Nigerians, it's just the energy is at a hundred all the time. That's just. I him. hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> it's true. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so just because of, like, you know, that fact that, you know, people feel like a lot of, of course, it's a generalization, but mm-hmm. there's also some truth to it because um, we really do try and always service people. That's something that we love to do. And so I feel like a lot of, you know, Ghanaian males, whatever the case is, they would really enjoy this field because there are a lot of things that they can, you know, enjoy doing. Uh, there are also benefits to being a male in this field <laughs> Which because are? Um, you are kind of like a little brother or like a special child, I guess you could say, because you're so rare. The nurses like they really like you, <laughs> especially if you're good at what you do. Most of them really like to see you like they really like to talk to you. We really like to learn about uh, basically how you feel and they like to teach you like every mostly every hospital I've been in I've connected really well with um the nurses and but you're also I just, a people person so like that's the thing too right but you're a people person like yeah. you know, everyone who knows Ben like I never met Ben in person but like just interacting with him Ben is a people person and he <laughs> makes you like he's not someone who will feel like you know little around he makes you feel like you who you are and he like allows you he gives you that space to do so. So like you're a people person, you know how to talk to people, you know how to make people feel welcome. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just there is one thing that I always um, go by. It's such it's such a simple thing that we all know. Like mm-hmm. it's the saying of oh, treat people the way you want to be treated. And I don't know why that thing just always sticks in my head because I'm just like, you know, how am I expecting someone else to treat me this way? And then I'm treating them bad. Like, it doesn't make sense. So if I take the first step and bring that type of relationship where, hey, I want to support you, I want to help you, I want to do this, I want to do that. It's not like they're obligated, you know, to return the Mm -hmm. favor. But more times, like more than most likely that they would, you know, basically reciprocate the energy that you're giving to them. So that's, that's one thing I just... I would strongly encourage everyone to do just when you're doing or working with people, just treat them the same way you would treat yourself. Not even like your mom or your dad or whatever. Just treat them the same way you would treat yourself. And I think it would just help you basically to be a better person. Yeah. For sure. And one thing I like that you touch upon your whole um, spiel is that about medical like racism. Well, not really. You touch a little bit about it, but how like the representation in the medical field. And I remember seeing like this thing that went viral about like how people still believe that black people are don't feel pain the same way to white people. I think that excuse has been used to justify slavery. Like, oh, we went through slavery so we can deal with pain better than others, which is not true. Or I think there was another thing that went around about like like skin. I can't remember what exactly it was, but like how some skin disorders look different on black people than white people. And like what you're talking about, like, yes, these people are telling you how it is, but we need to see how it is because, okay, yeah, like, like your example, okay, the black person goes purple, but how does that look on a darker skin like because purple on a white person is not purple on a black person Mm -hmm. and that little thing people think that's just a minor detail but like you said those details matter when you're talking about life or death situations in the medical field which is what you're dealing with day to day exactly yeah i think you were probably referring to um because there's this thing called skin ulcers and they do present differently in white skin than black skin and it's like 
you see when we talk about skin ulcers, it's one. I think it's like one, probably one of the first things you learn in nursing, because you can get you can get them basically if you're sitting in a bed for too long and you're not repositioned properly, you can start to get these pressure ulcers. And so, with these pressure ulcers, like you look in the textbook, they look. I mean, I wouldn't encourage you, but if you're not scared of anything, <laughs> go on Google and just search pressure ulcers, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's you know, they have different stages, stage one, stage two, stage three. And it's just like, hmm, on, I could see this on a white person's skin, of course. But like I was saying, <laughs> someone of my own skin, I don't know <laughs> what this is. <laughs> so I'll just report it, but maybe I won't report it as a pressure ulcer. And then the physician won't think, oh, I need to come and see this right now. I'll come and see it later kind of thing, you know? So it's like, yeah. They need to change that up. <laughs> and like going on representation, you kind of talked about how like you you and two other black nurses, the only people in your graduating class. Why do you feel like there isn't, there aren't that many black men, people, specifically black men in the medical field, like nursing? Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of black people, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, black women in mm-hmm nursing actually um and it's kind of <laughs> Ghanaians Somalians a lot of immigrants a lot of yes immigrants I think I know about that just I feel like when you come to this country like um, a lot of these people I'm assuming were not doing nursing where they came from but like mm-hmm. I know from my personal experience I've heard like my like um in conversations with my parents talk about like coming to this country nursing is one of the easiest professions to get into when you're coming from another country because a lot of these people have different credentials but they will not match up in Canada exactly. so nursing exactly. is one of those um careers that okay it's brand new you can come in you know, and you will be, as an immigrant, will make enough, will make a good amount of money to sustain yourself, hopefully. But I think that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of immigrants, especially Ghanians, Somalians, Nigerians in mm-hmm. those fields. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's exactly what you just said, what you were just saying, because um, some people come, made, they might have been doctors in mm-hmm. their countries, and when they come down here, the credentials don't line up, and so they go into nursing, or even there's jobs they're not necessarily nurses but like psws mm-hmm. um do, you do a certificate and you which them too they're actually very very underrated they do a lot of work and shout out to all our psws in the long-term care very homes true. because they've been doing a lot during this covid pandemic like a lot so yeah big shout out to them as well but um yeah i just feel like so I'll speak about African and then I'll talk about the African viewpoint is <laughs> we all know this there's three doctor, things you can be doctor, doctor lawyer, lawyer engineer, engineer. <laughs> I mean there's like it's... that's it <laughs> anything else is like okay maybe we I mean, can like this but I mean, we you want you to do those some parents are not really like supportive like in the medical field they just want that title they want to say oh my child's a doctor like they mm. see it's kind of like the stereotype of like how doctors are seen in this prestige and like nurses are just under them but like that's mm-hmm. the focus on it same thing with lawyers you want your child to be a lawyer you want them to you know stuff like that and the focus is 
on those three careers because they hold the most prestige in the Western world. So yeah. you don't go to those, it's just kind of like, okay, then. And not a lot yeah. of African parents are supportive if you go outside that field. So if you have, mm-hmm. if you go outside that field and you have supportive parents, kudos to you, because yeah. I know a lot of African parents are not the most supportive. Like if you're not going to be a doctor, it's kind of like, so what are like, it's kind of like, yeah. I came to this country, blood, sweat and tears, and this is what you're doing to me. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. feel for sure. But like, it kind of goes into the culture of being an African going into medical field like nursing. Exactly. I'm very glad that I have, I have one of the, like, I have two of those understanding parents. My parents are very, very understanding. And like literally everything I am is because of them. Like they are very, very supportive of me. And so, but even with them initially, they were like, nursing, why don't you just go straight into medicine? And I was like, they think it's easy. They think it's easy. I'm so sorry. Like, I know this is a side part about this, like, topic we're talking about. Like, like we talked about becoming a doctor is not easy, let alone what cultural background you are. And then they Mm -hmm. think that, oh, you know, you're from this country, you speak the language, you don't have an accent. Oh, it's so simple for you. Like, I'm so sorry. Not everyone can be studying. Not every like I give kudos to those people who are studying to the to do their MCATs like this year because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not as easy and financially it's not capable. It's not yeah. Some people can't do it financially. Like that's for sure. Um, side question: Do you have to do like exams for nursing at the end? Like I know you have something called yes. a NCLEX. Yeah, and yeah, we have to do a NCLEX exam before you can be licensed to really use your degree. <laughs> See, and a lot of these occupations, I talked about this in like a uh, previous episode, but like a lot of these occupations, financial stuff is one of the reasons why you don't see representation there. Like you have to do the end class. So after all of this studying, you have to, I assume, buy books to study for it. And then you have to actually take the test, which costs money. And not everybody, especially if you come from an immigrant household, not everyone is financially able to do those kind of things and to help you get those things. Instead there, you have to do it yourself or you have to yep. go outward, or sometimes you may not be able to do it. So I think maybe that's another reason why you don't see a lot of Black people in these fields. Exactly, yeah. And I also, I mean, because there's a thing, I, I always feel like people should do what they feel most comfortable doing because 100%. I truly believe, like, if you really love something, you're going to be successful at it. And that doesn't always mean that you're going to be making the most amount of money but just the happiness of doing your job every day because there's a lot of people who are they're making a lot of money but they're really not happy with what they're doing they picked the wrong career their parents forced them to do something that they don't want to do um and it's like it's sad because yeah they got all this money but they have no joy like that's one of the worst things i wouldn't want anyone to do so when it comes to even black people being in the medical field, um, I feel like, you know, of course we are people that are really diverse. Like we could do anything. So I'm all for us being in everywhere, but it is true that if we do get more black people in this field, it will help us a lot with simple problems. Just like, I mean, it's not a simple problem, but this situation is going on with our black woman and pregnancy. Like, it's ridiculous hmm, how ben. many women are dying <laughs> through pregnancy. Black ben, women, I should I say. I can talk about this topic until <laughs> kingdom come. As in, I'm going to get my, like, 
I'm after university, I'm going to get my master's in like public health, specializing in health policy. And literally this topic itself is what I want to do my thesis on. This is what I want to dedicate my entire life to. I can talk, like I said, I can talk about this topic. Yeah. Them come Because in the United States of America, as a black woman, I am three times more likely to die during childbirth. And in the right. UK, I'm five times more likely to die during childbirth. Ridiculous. And so much, oh, I don't want to take away from you because you are the star of the show. But I, this topic is... <laughs> It scares me. Like I had so many conversations with my friends where I'm just like, I'm scared. First of all, pregnancy as a whole is a lot is scary. And then as a black woman, I'm like, I don't really yeah. like I literally think about it. I am 20. I don't think I'm having children at least for the next eight years minimum, maybe ten. And I don't plus part of me doesn't want to get pregnant because of that reason. Like I don't feel comfortable yeah, it's terrible, going it's into tough. the going into the hospital knowing that I could die. Like you look at people like Serena Williams, who she's very so healthy and she did not advocate for herself there's a possibility she would not be alive today and those kind of things just it just frustrates me because i think black people have to deal with so much and then childbirth which is something that's supposed to be so beautiful i'm thinking about am i gonna die do i have the people surrounding me to advocate for my best interest so it's like yeah yeah, I told myself sure. like, I don't have a black OBGYN, a black nurse. I'm just not giving birth in the hospital. It's just not. I I, I stand by that statement because I refuse to give birth if I don't have people who look like me, who I know can advocate for me. Like you're talking about nurses are mm-hmm. one of the reasons why you go into nursing is so you can advocate for those. And if I yeah, feel like I sure. don't have that around me, I'm just not doing it. But medical racism is a very, very big thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's very true. Um, it's terrible, honestly. So that's why, that's the way that we can really help because, mm-hmm. you know, we get more representation. We bring more of these issues to light and then we can start changing things in the medical field. So that's the, the way that I think, um, you know, Afri- like black people in general would help in this field. In terms of us not joining black males, um, <laughs> we all growing up have this dream of being the athlete or mm-hmm. the celebrity or the rapper or whatever. And that thing is still there because that's what's fed to us through media. And so a lot of black, you know, boys grow up and school is not a main focus for us. Mm-hmm. I don't. I also don't want to turn this into a school thing, but there's also things that teachers are doing that are hindering our black boys and men from really excelling. And so that could look at things like giving us longer suspension periods and all mm-hmm. these things for minor problems. Recently, actually, in the Peel District School Board. A group of black parents basically wrote a report outlining the treatment of black students in the schools. And um, it just really showed how badly we were being treated. And as a black man, like personally, I was a good kid. Like mm-hmm. I had, um, I went to a school where all my siblings went to, so people knew me, but. I would see some of my friends who come maybe from a different neighborhood than I do, mm-hmm. maybe grew up around a different kind of um, environment where certain things may have been normal to them, but not normal to 
towards the school and people that were there. So, well, hey, this guy's a, this guy's aggressive. This guy is blah blah blah. He's a bad kid. Like when you keep pushing those narratives to people, uh, it's gonna it, stick. It's yeah, going you to, know, it's very dangerous to use that terminology for young people. Oh, yes. this being aggressive, like. The compassion and the grace is not for black people. It's like, oh, they're aggressive or they're feeding into the stereotype. And like it's said that you have to quote unquote be part of the non-stereotype. You have to be good. You have to be do well in class to gain the same level of yeah, respect. Exactly. And even then sometimes you can be by the book, good grades, never in trouble, and people will still stereotype you as oh exactly. XYZ. So like as a black person, especially specifically as a black male, I'm assuming you really can't get away from that stereotype as much as you try. Which exactly. Is really fair, because that's the last thing you should be thinking about. And so, because of that reason, it's like, okay, why am I even gonna try in school then? Like, also no the matter- applied thing. I remember <clears throat> us. Um, if you so everyone in Ontario, if you know the way the um, education system in high school goes, that in grade nine and ten you have levels. So you have academic, applied, yep. and locally developed. And then once you go into grade eleven and twelve, it's more specialized. So the courses will be university mixed college um and then workplace i believe that's what it is yeah so i there's a pipeline um it's been found out that a lot of um students were being forced into the applied stream and from applied you go to college and less compared to being pushed into the academic and to the university so that alone is a detour for black people because just like if you feel like i can't do it here how do you expect me to do it there and it's not exactly it's I'll put down like the some of the things we're talking about, like the reports and so forth that you guys can read on it alone. But it's just this is where it starts from. Like it starts from the education system. It starts from how you talk to and how you deal with black students, because if you feel like this is how they're treated now, when they go into the workplace and they go into the quote unquote real world, it's not going to sadly get any better. And they're going to yeah. continue living that stereotype. 100 percent. That's why everything is like everything's connected. That's why mm-hmm. we can't just have nurses or doctors. We need you know also educators because i i can i can always remember the black teachers that i had like because um there weren't that many sadly exactly (laughs) you know so it's like i'll always remember them because it's like they've done so much to help me in school or whatever the case is like and that looking at someone who looks like you be in a professional position is the best thing because it's like oh yo this guy looks like me and maybe even if they're if they're the type of teacher that doesn't code switch mm-hmm. which is something i really don't like to do I but don't. i understand that we have to do it that there's a professional i'm putting quotations in my hand right now. <laughs> there's a professional type of way we gotta um speak and all mm-hmm. that but like for those who don't know what code switching is, it's essentially like a lot of black people, well not a lot, but black people really um, know what it is. It's basically going for like one level of talking in terms of tone, vocabulary, and going to another. So the way me and Ben are talking is probably not the same way you will see me and someone who's probably white talking just because of differences. And then that's just black people. Once you go into like being black and being a child of immigrants, that's a whole little thing because everyone can say, oh, they always hear like, oh, I hear my mom talking with her quote unquote white voice because that's what you need to do yeah. to get the job or to sound more the phone like voice said, professional. Mm-hmm. Professional. So that's what code switching is. Exactly. Is, like you said, I understand that you sometimes have to talk a little more professional, but like 
at the same because time. Because it's like, <laughs> this is going kind of deep, but when we look at what is professionalism, like what race created that? Whose idea is this? So it's like, it's based on the idea of someone who, you know, doesn't look like me, doesn't know what I've gone through, doesn't grow up in an environment like me, but I have to adhere to what, you know, they have deemed as acceptable. And so that's a big thing also with indigenous awareness that I'm learning. They, they refer to it, you know, as basically, I mean, of course we have it too, but it's like mm-hmm. colonization, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that they just um, have either directly or indirectly just put in place over a lot of the world. And so, yeah, but when I, like, when I see <laughs> a black woman or something, my initial thing is to not code switch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to you the way I'll, like, I talk to you like a sister, talk to you like a brother. Like, that's the way I'll talk to you. Like, yo, what are you saying? Whatever. Like, wagwan, like, you're good. But, but <laughs> if I'm realizing that, you know, oh, maybe they're not comfortable talking like that in this type of workplace, I will definitely code switch. Like, <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> are you good like and i'll just change the way i talk but for the most part it's just i think being um true to yourself and your roots and the way you are as a person because i always think that one of the reasons that people you know might like things i say things i do is because i don't really try and be anyone else like if i do that <laughs> Everything that I say is just invalid. Like, I really just try and be authentic with everything that I do. And so I think that is one way where black males in this field, when we start expressing ourselves the way that we are, or the way we really feel, the way we really are, it will help even with this whole culturally, you know, sensitive and type of environment mm-hmm. it will help people see oh they're talking like that they're oh they're not arguing they're just speaking like because there's small things like that I'll be like yo what are you saying like blah, blah, blah. and they'll be like hmm are those guys fighting no nah, we're not fighting we're just like that's how we are we're expressive you know we exactly. especially africans oh man like you know you hear your parents talking on the phone they're fighting. You wouldn't think they're fighting. Growing up, yeah. I was like, "Yo, are they fighting or not?" But like, you just go accustomed to, and it's like that's just how Niger, not Nigerians, how Africans mostly speak. Like, they're not even Africans. Like, mm-hmm. like mo- a lot of the things we're talking about, like we're obviously using like Ghana, Nigeria as an example. Yeah, because a, lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of immigrants can relate to this. Like, especially yes. if you're from the Middle East or Asia, so forth like that. Like, you'll hear people on the phone, your parents on the phone, just like, "What's going on?" Yeah. But they're not. <laughs> they're not fighting. They're just talking loudly in their sometimes in their native language and some of the native languages seem like more aggressive, aggressive. when reality they're not exactly yeah so that's 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 it like i just think um because of the fact that we don't have a lot of black males as nurses um we're not, like the youth are not seeing black men in that field and so they're like okay i'm not gonna go into a field where i don't even see anyone that looks like me and then like i was saying we all at some point want to be a hooper a soccer player football player 
or a celebrity or a rapper or whatever. So that's the other side of it as well. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but how do you feel like the industry, especially nursing can help more with representation? I mean, kind of like education, but like specifically like the nursing field, how do you think they can be more, be better with their representation? Got you. Yeah, so um, one of the reasons I refer to education is because that's that's the foundation of a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, and so that implementing people of color into the textbooks is one of the biggest things I want them to change. Secondly, in the workplace now, um, even when you see posters, right, or you see... Uh, I don't know. Uh, imagery. What do you call those things? Yeah, any type of imagery of nurses or whatever, right? Firstly, you don't see too many males on them, on, mm-hmm. on any of those things, right? So that's already a barrier. Now, let alone to see black males on there, <laughs> it's like nearly impossible. So it's just those small things like, okay, maybe we're posting a poster online or in our hospital we have a poster supporting nurses or whatever and let's take a picture of our full team like let's make it really inclusive sometimes let's even say they do add a male it will be a white male like it won't be a male of color won't Mm -hmm. be a black male even so it's like Okay, I still don't have representation, you know? So it's like, open it and make it make it known that you are accepting of this specific demographic to join your field. Like, that's the biggest thing for me, I think. And um, I think one of the problems is, though, that because we don't have a lot of people, these things may might not get brought up as much like the i don't think the black men in nursing um i don't think too many of us are really like focusing on trying to like uh, advocate for us more mm-hmm. and so that's where I, i'm trying to step in basically <laughs> and be like yo we need to bring our brothers in here man like let's let's push the word out like yo this is a great field to be in it's, it's a great thing to do so much you could do with the degree you can be successful make good money you know just learn to be a better person and so i think um the field itself of course they can do more work in the sense of just pushing out more content that relates to people that look like me and um, basically just trying to show that they really want us to be here and other than that, everything else, I think, just comes within our own community. Stopping the idea that maybe there's also, that's a stereotype I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that, you know, nursing is a female-dominated field. Like, the stereotype is that, why are you in nursing, bro? Like, you're a guy. You're not supposed to do this. So this like, so, the masculine know. idea, like, oh, you're supposed to be, like, in charge. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want to say in charge, but you have to be in more... I don't know how to describe it, but like they see you, like again, it kind of goes in hand in hand with like how people see nursing, how nurses are doctors, assistants, or less than quote unquote. So it's just like, bro, like you're the male, you're supposed to be up there. Why are you being a nurse? It's just like, exactly. Why, why, why not? 
Why not? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I'm just, I know, like, I'm a bit of an anomaly. Like, I'm a bit different. People see me, they ask me what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm in nursing. Oh, really? Like, that's the, the <laughs> that's, like, one of the biggest responses I get. Oh, really? Wow. That's so cool. Or, whoa, what made you go into? So, I feel like, you know, but they never say anything like, oh, why didn't you, uh, why didn't you, most of them at least, they say, oh, why didn't you go into medicine? Because I think they are just so surprised, like, the fact that I said I'm in nursing, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, whoa, I didn't know that, like, you know, there's guys who want to be in there, there's that. So then I explained to them, like, yeah, well, this is what we do as nurses, we are not um, <laughs> physician assistants or whatever. <laughs> We have our own separate model of working from our own separate way of thinking. Mm-hmm. We have our own nursing theorists and things that we do. And so it's like, it's a totally separate, really, you know, field. And we focus on different things. And so it's just like helping us to, um, or sorry, me, me being in here, I just try and spread that message as much as possible. And anytime I get the opportunity, I'm like, yeah, I would like for more men to be in here. And I would definitely love for more black men to be in here. So, yeah. Love it. And then last, one of the last questions I have for you is, what has been one of the most useful things you've learned either inside or outside the classroom? Organization. Ooh. Um, so my last clinical I was in, <laughs> this is so sad. This is like a year ago. <laughs> I always yeah, joke. I'm like, yo, because of COVID. Yes, I always joke. I'm like, yo, the next patient I see is getting a huge hug <laughs> because, like, the way I haven't seen. Oh, look at me too. This patient again. The next client I see, like, because the way I haven't seen any clients in like over a year, it's really just it's crazy. Considering but, that nursing is very hands on, exactly, and that's what you're right? supposed to be doing. You're supposed hmm. to be seeing. Um, clients every single day. Yeah. But you're here looking at computer screen doing mm. what clinical <laughs> mundane tasks for clinical that are really just kind of useless. But anyways, <laughs> don't want to start a ranting about online schooling. But <laughs> basically, um, like I learned from one of my clinical directors that um, so I let's say we start the shift at 7 o'clock. She would say, make sure you're there maybe 15 minutes earlier, if you can, even half an hour earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Get there early, take off all your stuff, change your clothes, or you know, come to work in your clothes, whatever the case is, and relax. Go into the unit, see all the patients that you're going to have for today, and write all the information you need to da- like write down about them anything you need, write it down. We have this thing called um, handover, transition. People, There's different names for it, turnover, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's basically the period between the shift who's co- the nurse who's coming off shift and the nurse who's coming on shift. And it's kind of like a report, a mini report of what's going on with each patient, how they're doing, what you need to watch out for. So when you, um, you know, basically come in early and you study those things for yourself and you write them down you start researching or whatever you already have like a background of the patient so you're set to go kind of thing it's like 
preparation is everything like it's key so when the nurse starts telling you about this or that you're like oh yeah i read about that I read about that instead of now going to do it and now you're scrambling for time because it's like oh i gotta go and you know start this client's day but here i am searching up what this means so um organization's a big one secondly i feel like i've become much more of an understanding person through this um course like these three years that i've been in the, 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 the program because um small things basically there's a lot of self-reflection in nursing as well um we write like learn, learn notes about things that we encountered and basically it's just a lot of self-awareness and so you start basically really focusing on yourself and by focusing on yourself you actually learn how to cater yeah it's really amazing like you learn how your background affects you how your culture affects you how your values and beliefs really influence the way you think and um so i think Using those things that I've learned in nursing, I've just become a more open person to a lot of things. And um, it's just helped me to kind of drop stereotypes. Like, that's one thing. And generalizations as well. Like, I really kind of block myself from using those things because um, the way I see it now, <laughs> you when a client comes in, I know nothing about them. That's that's the way I think. Like, I that's the not... way it should be. Like when you see exactly. somebody in an industry, you shouldn't be like, everyone has their biases, but it's up to the person, every individual to start to check their biases and be like, okay, I see this type of person. Okay, I might assume they do this, this, this. And assumptions are never like, if you ever have read the um, book, The Four Agreements, I believe one of them is like, don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions on something you don't know until yeah. they tell you. Like um, uh, sometimes, like especially in the medical field, you have to sadly make those assumptions mm-hmm. for the cl- for the um client's um purpose. But for the most part, don't make assumptions. Like don't think, oh, I'm seeing this person. They're gonna have these characteristics. Like you never know. Yeah, yeah. It's even like. Like this term, I, I'm, I'm in community um, health, basically learning about community nursing, what they do. And um, there's this concept of harm reduction. And so there's street nurses who they go to substance abusers and they give them clean needles, clean syringes, clean mm-hmm. pipes to do drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? how does that make any sense we are supposed to help these people to not do drugs mm-hmm. why are we giving them tools to do drugs right a lot of people have that mindset like a lot of people when they hear about safe ejection um sites are like wait why are we giving these people these addicts more drugs like mm-hmm. are you supposed to like you're saying are you supposed to help them but it helps them in a way exactly it is helping them because you're promoting health you are Instead of making this man go and collect the puddle water from, you know, mm-hmm. the rainwater, whatever, collect it, then use that to mix up his drug or whatever. Give him the clean water, whatever the case is. Now you've invited yourself to have a conversation with this person. And you always have to remember that nobody is obligated to do anything for you. Like, you don't, 
but it's also true. Yeah, you know, so it's like you have to let people really live their own life. But you can definitely add things in here and there. Oh, how you doing? How's this making you feel? Is this going to mm-hmm. make you feel better? It's like, like don't be rude. Like, don't be yeah, like, I don't you know? have any obligations for someone. I'm just going to, like, give them whatever they need and go, like, be compassionate, have grace, but also remember that just Perfect because you're giving them grace doesn't mean that they're... I use grace a lot, side note, because I feel like 2020 has taught me the true meaning of grace and what it mm-hmm. means for people and it means like um i remember doing like a twitter thread on it was like how it's the unmerited favor of god and how mm-hmm. i remember tweeting about how like obviously like i'm religious i'm christian ben is christian as well so we have that mindset but when it comes to grace god has given us favor and god has allowed god has continuously forgiven us through sins and sins whether we ask for forgiveness or not so as yeah. humans obviously we can't it's we can't probably do as much as god and jesus did but small grace and you have to remember that not everyone is from the same background as you, so someone simple exactly environment as you, and sometimes you know people will react in a different mindset. And you just have to be like, okay, this is coming from my heart genuinely because I care about this person, and regardless of the income outcome, I will still do it to help people. It's not like oh, like a lot of people I feel like in the side you're very reciprocal. It's kind of like oh, I'm gonna do it for this person because you know I expect them to do it back to me. It's like you can't always have that mindset, and that's especially in nursing. Nursing, you have to be completely compassionate, but sometimes I assume. You're going to deal with patients, excuse me, you have to deal with clients who are like, might not give you the best attitude or might just be. Oh, yeah. So those, uh, I didn't even talk about the, those are some of the drawbacks of also being a male in this field. Um, I've had um, clients who they're not comfortable with me um, giving them a, a bed bath or something. Right. Um, they're not comfortable with me. Exactly. Like touching them. Right. And so. You can't get mad at that because you don't know the person's background. You don't know what's been done in the past or whatever the case is, what, what things might trigger them. And so it's like um, there are some small things that we do deal with as men in the field. That's, you know, of course, a, a, a woman wouldn't really, it wouldn't be the case. And so in those cases, you just say, oh, no problem. Um, I'll still be here to help you with whatever you need afterwards um, i'll get someone to help you and sometimes when you show that respect for them eventually they might allow you but if not then you know you just keep your distance you don't pry and be like what i have a whole nursing degree or i'm a whole third year student i know what i'm doing how could she say, like no bro you just you have that you can have that mindset do you yeah really you know so it just teaches you to just, I feel like it just teaches you to be more um, understanding, compassionate. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned from being in this program. I think that everyone can take that and apply it to real life and being just compassionate oh, yeah. and have grace. But last question to end wow. off this episode is what is <laughs> one topic that you are passionate about that you feel like hasn't gotten mainstream attention that you feel like it should? And that can be from any like topic, anything. It's a big question, but I have a platform. And I want to make sure that people who come in there and they have topics and issues that they are passionate about get the chance to talk about them. Good one. Uh, so this was one, of course. <laughs> This just topic about black men in this field um, mm-hmm. was one. Um, recently, actually, ho- homelessness and 
uh, substance abusers has kind of been a big one for me and indigenous health as well mm-hmm. uh, because these are all like marginalized populations and the the thing is we're so easy to see someone else doing something and then thinking that we could never be in that position like everyone likes to say that, like oh i couldn't do that or i don't know how these people can yeah, be there and especially know? with addiction like if you guys know about demi lovato i just recently watched her um new documentary when she talks about like how she relapsed and how she almost over and she how she overdosed and it just mm-hmm. made me have more of a not sympathy but more empathy and more like i want to learn more about addictions and stuff like mm-hmm. that because even my mom she studied um addictions counseling she's like when it, like we just talked about compassion you really have to have compassion with have people to. with addiction and homelessness, like it's not, it's not one size fits all. It's not like, oh, these person, these people just probably look real lazy. Like that's just a very negative, reactive mindset to have fun in it. And you really can, because a lot of people, and sadly anybody in this world can be homeless. Like a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and God forbid they don't get the next paycheck, they could be homeless. And then substance abuse can come from different areas. Usually from my understanding stems from trauma, but it can come from anywhere and nobody's above it. Nobody can be like, oh, I can never be like that. Like, Exactly. Well, pray to God you may never be like that, but you never know, and it's you exactly. have to really have compassion with these people and just have understanding. Like it's beyond them. And when like we're talking about safe ejection sites, one of the reasons why th- that thing is so advocated for is like you can't tell people who are addicts that are like addicted to a specific drug. Okay, we're not just going to give you any drugs anymore. Like the withdrawals of that mm-hmm. are just mm-hmm. that's another thing people understand. The withdrawals of coming off of a drug yes. or a substance is not it's like you can't just cut it cold you can't just stop it like that oh. it takes process and i think with safe ejection sites it's allowing people to use it safely and from there we can start helping people with addiction and with people with addiction they have to have want to help themselves Correct. But like there's so much we can talk about that whole topic but it's something that i agree with you 100 addiction and substance abuse is something that is very not it's not addressed appropriately in the media yeah. mainstream and i think it mm-hmm. needs different language because in in the media most of what it is is okay they they talk about how we have maybe they'll say oh there's been a rise in this drug there's been a a rise in homelessness in this area blah 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 but why are we not talking about what the reason for this Mm -hmm. rise is why are we not seeing ways where we can help these communities but you know that's one thing about news as well they just promote what's negative a lot of the time but um basically because another thing is people don't understand that substance abuse can even start from the hospital and from the clinics opioids exactly someone is coming in for an injury and they get placed upon this opiate and someone who has never in their life ever touched drugs is now addicted to something that they would have never come into contact with if it wasn't for the healthcare system. And so it's like, you really, really don't know where these people are coming from, what their past is. And so to stand there and judge them or, you know, one thing I do, and I'm not saying everyone has to do this, but uh, when I see people who are homeless or whatever looking for money, if I have something, I'll give it to them. I doesn't mean <laughs> I have a hundred dollars. I'm gonna give them a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> but if I have money, I'm gonna give it to them. And people say this: hmm, 
well, I won't give them money, but I'll go and buy them food. Mm-hmm. Food is not, it's not the only thing that they need. Like, they might need blankets. They might need a toothbrush. They may need, uh, you know, to buy, like, clothes or something. Like, and it's even that. When they go into stores, just look at the way they're treated. Like, people don't mm-hmm. want to help them. So, I mean, they already have so many things that they're battling. And you give them money with the good. And you, if you give them the money with the intention that I'm doing this to help them or help this person with whatever they need to do, you will not have to think about, oh, man, I just wasted my money. I just gave it to this this homeless person. But It's never a waste. Like, you giving someone $5, $10, where a lot of people, like, of our age, like, we're wearing Jordans, we're wearing Nikes, mm-hmm. we're wearing mm-hmm. Adidas. Like, we are very fortunate. Mm-hmm. I assume a lot of us teenagers and young adults are fortunate enough that to us, 5 or $10 is really nothing. Yep. Well, for a homeless person, that's something for them. So don't ever think it's a waste. And even like what you're saying is even challenging my own thinking. Because I love, I know I've heard people say, "Oh, I'm not gonna give them money because I'm afraid they're gonna use it for drugs." I mean, sadly, that's what they might use it for. But it's out of your control. And what yeah. you're doing is helping them the best way you can. And if it's just giving them five or ten dollars, whatever they choose to do with it, that's what they choose to do with it. But it's exactly. not gonna kill you just to give them the money if you can of course or if you have it on you because i know everyone's like debit and so forth Mm -hmm. like money is definitely not you know it's not everything (laughs) happiness and really joy is really what what you know people's what i at least consider as well and um like you were mentioning before i have a really strong faith-based relationship with God and mm-hmm. that comes through my family of course and so a lot of the just moralistic things that I believe in come from things in the Bible and whatever um, but it's just um, being a good person really it rewards you like you just there's nothing better about just you sit around and you think about oh man like there's people who are really just here miserable mm-hmm. like <laughs> every day they wake up and they're miserable at something and maybe I can do something to help this person. And that's basically what I look to do all the time. Like I just try and help one person. If I can help one person a day, it's like I've made my day. Of course, if I don't, I don't you know, beat myself up over it. But if I can do that, that's definitely the best thing for me, at least. Yeah. One thing, sorry, I just remembered I talked about this. So the indigenous, yes, our indigenous communities in Canada are one of the biggest overlooked communities in this country because we don't learn enough Mm -hmm. about them in school unless we do the work. So I encourage everyone to do that, like take the steps to learn about, you know, this indigenous communities, the indigenous communities that were here, learn about where you, you can go online and like learn about where you live, what type of, um, you know, like tribe or land that you're on. Literally around, yeah. And, um, you know, basically just try and spread more awareness because there are reserves right now in Canada that do not have access to safe drinking water 
there are people who are literally drinking contaminated water mm-hmm. and our government knows about it and doing nothing about it they've made promises that have not come to pass and so we need more people just really um, rallying for these communities and so i just encourage everyone to really just do your own research if you can in your school take up indigenous awareness course and learn about these communities and i think uh you will really be able to um, help yourself and help the people around you because especially if you're like a you know um immigrant or someone who's part of the bipoc um, population mm-hmm. when uh one of us is going through something we're all affected so it's like if they can you know if they're the first people on this land and they're being treated like that, you know, we're here doing nothing. It, 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 it doesn't look right. Like let's also go and help them out. And, you know, we can all make a difference. We're supposed to be this loving, diverse country, but we have people who are not drinking safe water in 2021. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, uh, it's <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say there. No, but like we look at Flint, like we all knew what happened in Flint, Michigan with like mm-hmm. drinking water, but that's happening in our own country. And like, we talked about the media. The media doesn't talk about indigenous people. Indigenous people make up a big portion and they're yeah. overrepresented, overrepresented in the federal prisons, which isn't, that doesn't make any sense to me, quite frankly. And I like that you talked about it because it needs more attention. And I'll put yeah. links. There's a specific, there's two specific books I want to put so people can actually learn more about indigenous culture because like you said i think everyone should learn about it and i definitely want to take a course on indigenous culture in the next year because i think that's that's the least i can do with the like with what i'm doing and studying i think just taking one course and teaching and pushing myself to learn more about it because like it's not always on the marginalized communities to speak on it it's also the allies so like as a black people want we want to educate people, but people also have to educate themselves on our culture. And the same thing goes for indigenous studies. Yes, awesome. But yes, we talked about a lot, like I said, and I hope that you gain something from it, whether it be more about medical racism, maybe maybe about um, substance abuse, or it can just be, you know, a new food, a new place in Brampton to grab food <laughs> or a new gospel artist to listen to. I think this is what episodes like this are for it's for education for people to have to learn more so we'll have to big big shout out to mr ben for dedicating time to be on this episode (laughs) thank you for having me thank you so much